Hello and welcome back to Avangard Talk. In today's episode, Fergal and I chat about our top five favorite films of all time and why we love them. Well, I had five. Fergal had six because he's an overachiever, but it's fine. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and have a great day. So do you want to go first for your top film? My top film? Yes. The Hobbit. Technically, it's it's the Hobbit Desolation of Smaug is mm-hmm. my favorite one of the of all three. There's just something about it that is just, it's always stuck out in my mind. And it's always been that solid film that I just enjoy. A lot of people don't like the Hobbit films because they, and I, I understand why, because I love the books and I've read the books a lot. And I, I, the Hobbit is the book I have read the most in my entire life. Um, and so I can understand why people aren't a huge fan of it in the sense that it's, there are parts missing in it or there's things that they kind of get a bit wrong. But the thing that you always have to remember with these kinds of films is that it's an adaptation of the book. It's not It's not a complete recreation of the book because a lot of the stuff that they do in a book, you can't do in a film. In a film, you, ha- you have a certain time frame that you have to keep to. In a book, you can go on for thousands of pages and people will still read it. Whereas a film, you have to keep people interested and keep them engaged and you have to essentially choose the the most important stuff. Which is why for me, like the Maze Runner trilogy are incredible films if you remove away the fact that they're based on a book. But people constantly with like The Hobbit and everything is they look at it and they think, oh, it's they've missed this out from the book, or or they've ruined this, or they've done this because it's you know it's not the same as the book. It's an adaptation. Right. Not a recreation. Mm-hmm. So there's two different words there that mean completely different things. So even if people hate me for it, I don't care. The Hobbit trilogy is my favorite film trilogy of all time. Um, That's fair. And that and Lord of the Rings, they're both kind of hand in hand for me. Um, I love all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but my number one film to go to and watch is Hobbit Desolation of Smaug because the characters and the character development is incredibly well done and there are so many moments in it that just every time i watch them now even now after seeing the film about 300 times i you know i'll still have like jaw dropping moments i'll still have moments where i'm you know kind of want to cry or, or whatever and it's just oh it's just i love i love it i love the film and i i will watch it so much like there was one summer where i watched it every few days because i watched all three hobbit films once like every day so i i would watch the first one then the next day i'd watch the second one and the next day i'd watch the third one and then i'd just do the whole cycle again for the whole of the summer well wow. i can quote those films word for word like <laughs> if you sit with me whilst watching it i will be saying the lines along with the actors <laughs> I know the entire script. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched The Hobbit for the first time because of you, because you said it was re- amazing, and I do agree. It's amazing. Um, but it is not my top film. My, I guess my number one would be Clue. Um, it came out in 1985. It's the one with Tim Curry and Christopher Lloyd. Do you know that one? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, this film is just so clever and witty. I won't lie to you. I haven't seen that film in years. 
<gasps> like, I need to go back and watch it again. Yes, I you haven't do. Seen it in years. Yes, you do. It is so. It is so good. I really think that this is Tim Curry's best role. I know Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror is iconic, but Tim Curry is so witty and so smart in this one, and his acting is just incredible. Um, <laughs> I I really like this film because they don't take themselves too seriously. It's a murder mystery, but it it's really funny and it's really good. Yeah. One of my favorite, like, moments, though, or, like, one of my favorite bits of dialogue is when Professor Plum asks Miss Peacock, what are you afraid of? A fate worse than death? And then she replies with, no, just death. Isn't that enough? Like, it's so, so <laughs> clever. Um, but, yeah, that's one of my top films. Okay, we'll move on to the next one, Fergal. My second film is Lord of the Rings Two Towers. Okay. Um, I, out of all three Lord of the Rings films, I love, obviously, I love the ball. Um... But out of all three, I just Two Towers is so awesome. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> so cool. Um, I don't really know how to explain it, but ever you know, um, you know, years and years ago, uh, me and my mate Dom would always watch that film. Always, like it was his favorite. It's his favorite Lord of the Rings film as well, and we would watch it almost every week. And then as soon as we found out that there was an extended edition, like we got right onto that and there was so <laughs> much more and it just became even more insane. The battles that happen within it are incredibly well done. Everything about Lord of the Rings is just incredible. But one of the best parts for me, uh, in it is in the Two Towers, um, when Aragorn, Gimli and Legolas are looking for Pippin and Merry, Aragorn... The actor kicks a helmet on set, which he didn't realize was actually metal. And the uh, designers and everything that, that put everything on the set and put all the helmets and everything out there didn't realize that he was going to kick it. And so the scream that he has in the film is him actually being in pain because it was a re he, br he broke his toe by kicking that helmet. But there are so many moments throughout these films where things like that happen and it just adds a bit more authenticity to them mm -hmm. and increases their worth, I feel. But yeah, it's just there's something about that film, just like The Hobbit, that it just sticks out to me. The characters are incredible. The development is incredible. The action, the CG for when it was made is flawless. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it it was just it just is one of those films that I will go back and watch a mm -hmm. hundred times, just like all six of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings films. I will. What, I mean, I've got the extended edition Blu-ray box set, so I'll I've never seen all the, time. the extended edition. It's incredible. When you can do it, because oh, <laughs> there's just so much more in it. Especially okay. in especially in the third Lord of the Rings, there's a lot more in that. I mean, it it almost gets up to like a almost a four hour film, because on its own it's three hours and twenty minutes, and then you add all the extended stuff, and that gets it to almost four hours. It's just insane. All right, well, my second one is Psycho. Ooh, um, that's right? A good one. It's so that's good. I mean, there's so much I love about this film. I mean, I feel like it's flawless. I can't really see any flaws. Um, mm. Yeah, the film has great actors, like Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates. He went to Rollins College, which is a college by me. 
Um, so Florida people represent. <laughs> um, he's I really like his take on Norman because he plays them as this like attractive, cool guy, which I think it was based off of a, of a book and he was like this really scary and odd person. So I really like this take of Norman. Um, I also just love the attention to details in this film. Um, I could go on and on about like the set decorating and stuff, but I won't because I'll, I will be here for like maybe three hours but it's a great film it's so good i can watch it like a hundred times like ugh, amazing <laughs> fair enough okay mr tinian you're number three okay so <laughs> i'm gonna put them in order is really annoying um <laughs> i will say for number three is halo 4 forward unto dawn okay a lot of people so when this film first came out, it was just before Halo 4 was released. Um, and obviously I've followed the game since, you know, it came out mm-hmm. in 2001. I grew up with that game. And I grew up idolizing the Chief. Like, I love the man. Um, and hopefully one day I get to just have a conversation with Steve Downs and just hear the voice of Master Chief say my name. <laughs> That would be insane. Oh, that'd be cute. Um, like, I genuinely love that man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so a lot of people didn't really like the film because it's a video game film. And people were kind of disappointed with it. But it got a lot better reviews than a lot of the other Halo films that they did, like Landfall, which is... Uh, it's it's not great. Don't get me. Um, yeah. Um <laughs> But I I love this film, um, and I think the fact that they kept the they kept Master Chief kind of as a as a kind of star role, but they didn't use him throughout the entire film, which mm-hmm. I think adds a lot more to the character because Chief is this big character and he's the character that you follow throughout all of Halo, and then having a Halo film. But bringing him in as this kind of really strong, powerful guy that everyone looks up to, was it was so perfectly timed and so perfectly done. Um, but this film came out in five parts when it first was released, because it was first released on YouTube by 343, and they released, I think it was about 15 minutes each week for five weeks, 15 to 20 minutes. Um, so I had to wait every Friday for the next part and the next part. It was annoying, but once you got it all and you watched the whole film, it was just incredible. And I think out of all the video game films that they have out there now, it's definitely one of the best, if not the best. And it's a film I've I watched so much just because the CG looks incredible and the lighting design is... I, you'd love it. <laughs> like <laughs> The lighting design is so cool. Um and the choreography and everything is just so beautifully done. Um, and the story that's told of Lasky is incredible. So, yeah, it's it rightfully has the number three spot, I say. I think you tried getting me to watch it and then you sent me the link and I couldn't watch it because I don't live in the UK. Yeah, I was very yeah, I probably sad. did. I was very, very sad. <laughs> it but is a very good film. My number three is Fargo. <laughs> I don't think Good you've seen film. Fargo. 
Have you? Yeah. You yeah. have? Okay, good. It's someone, someone in my life has not seen it. Okay, well, I was going to not say a lot of details about it because I didn't want to spoil it for you, but now I can. Okay, so it's directed by the Coen brothers, which amazing directors, like, they're incredible. One of the Coen brothers, don't know which one, can't really tell them apart, but one of them was the editor for um, Evil Dead, which makes sense because the editing is crazy. Um, but... Um, I, I think I really like this film because it starts off saying, like, this is a true story, the names have been changed, when it's not a true story, but it draws the audience in, and you believe everything that is happening. Because when I first watched this, I was like, whoa, this is a true story? That's crazy! And so I looked it up <laughs> after, and I'm like, oh, they, like, fooled me. But still, like, it, it was, it's, it's amazing. I also want to say that William H. Macy... I get chills with his performance. I mean, again, like, one of his best roles. His, like, Minnesota nice accent is, like, stunning. Um, <laughs> and his acting, I, I don't know how to describe this, so maybe Fergal can help me, because I do sound like an idiot sometimes, and he can translate. Um, <laughs> it's very theatrical, and it's very small, so it... it yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Okay, it does? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, it's very believable. Um, anyways, I'm getting off track, but I just love this film. It's really good. It has some great shots. My favorite shot is the overhead shot, the tracking shot of him walking back to his car. Do you know the, the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I think, uh, I think so. So good. <laughs> um, because it's so quiet and he just like failed trying to get the money from his father-in-law. So mm. he's like so defeated um, and then there's, like, black, um, I think they're pots. You know, big, gigantic, like, tree holders? <laughs> you know yes. what? You know, okay, they're black, yeah, right? Yeah. And the snow is white. And that's used to contrast good and evil, which he turns out to be an evil person. And I just love that. It was, it was his breaking point and, ugh, stunning. Okay, anyways, I'm gonna, like, I could talk about Fargo for 30 years, um, but I won't. <laughs> Anyways, we'll go on to movie number four, Fergal. So my movie number four is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. This film, I recently finished watching it again mm -hmm. uh, two days ago. And every single time that Steve and Bucky go against each other in the street for the first time in hand-to-hand, -hand, is it... I just I I just smile like I just have this massive <laughs> smile on my face every single time yeah. because it is so incredibly and amazingly choreographed. I agree. It is in my opinion the best fight scene that there has ever been in any Marvel film. Like Marvel films have really good fight scenes, they but do. that one that one fight between the two super soldiers is incredible because they they each get to show their own abilities their own strengths but you also see their own weaknesses you see them kind of getting a bit tired at times you know you get all of these moments and it's just ah, oh, and there's so much emotion with it as well yeah especially after steve sees that it's bucky mm -hmm. underneath the the mask and the russo brothers just did as soon as they came on to make captain america and they went on to do um, the third one and Infinity War and Endgame and everything, they just elevated Marvel films. I agree. And that scene is just, 
every move is perfect within that fight scene. The camera blocking is also really good. Like, really good. Oh, yeah. Big time. Mm -hmm. And there are so many small little little details throughout the film that just you wouldn't you don't pick up on but when you watch it again and you really look out for them you notice them and it's so cool especially i mentioned it in the i think it was the it was it was my podcast the one that we recorded um i mentioned it it's the um scene just before the fight in the street when bucky's on top of the car and he shoots them. He first shoots Natasha because he, well, he tries to shoot her. She's in the back of the car. He tries to shoot Natasha. She dodges out of the way. She then moves Steve out of the way because she knows that he's going to, that Bucky's going to go for him next. And then you see a bullet hole come up above Steve. And then she pushes Sam's head out the way as he tries to shoot Sam. Mm -hmm. but because it happens so quickly you don't notice it until you go back and watch it again and then you really look out for it that she because she'd fought him before and they had showed that at the beginning of the film um she knew what his kind of move was going to be and who she who he was going to go for and just all these small details and the whole the whole story is so incredible the character development of bucky is insane i agree Um, yeah and also Sam as well. Like mm-hmm. His character development was so well done. The whole story was told perfectly. Um, yeah, I absolutely... I just enjoyed every... I enjoy every moment of watching that film. <laughs> you know, there's never a dull moment in it. The mm-hmm. story, it never has... Because a lot of the time when you watch a film, they, they, do, they do a lot of filler scenes that are unnecessary... Yeah. And it doesn't serve any, anything to the story. It's just to build up time. But with this film, every scene has a purpose. And it's so well done. Like, even the small scenes where it's just a little bit of a conversation between Steve and Nat, it then comes back later on. And you see the relevance of it and the importance of that scene. And so every moment is just so beautifully done. It was beautifully written, beautifully directed. Everyone in the cast was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm super excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. Um, something that I've noticed with our top films, I mean, obviously they're not the same thing or the same genre, but they all have like the attention to detail in common, and that, that just has yeah. to do with like really good directors and writers. So, yeah, I agree with you. That film is incredible. Did not. Oh wait, mm. I, don't, I, was, I was about to spoil your episode. <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that you like that they weren't there for that. You know what I mean? Okay, anyways. <laughs> okay. You guys weren't there. <laughs> yeah, you guys weren't there. I can't tell you. Okay. So my top wait, is it four? Number four, yes. <laughs> yes. Number four. I have this is probably an odd one, but I have singing in the rain. Okay, okay. So I am obsessed with this film. Um <laughs> For multiple reasons. Um, one of the reasons is on a personal level, right? I can sing, eh, kind of. I can act, kind of. Um, but something that I cannot do for the life of me is dance. Like, I have issues. I can't I can't do it. And I have to take a dance class next semester. I don't dance. <laughs> I don't dance. Anyways, um, 
Debbie Reynolds, like, she can't dance. Like, she has never danced before, and she blows it out of the park. Like, keeping up with legends like Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor, she does an amazing job, and she worked really hard. So, I don't know. I find that, like, amazing and inspiring, and you know what? Maybe one day I will be able to dance. Maybe. Just maybe. Um, But anyways, as a film nerd, I love to see them show what happened to a lot of studios when talkies started to become a thing like they didn't exaggerate this like this happened in real life where people like lena lamont would like talk like this and they knew that they could not have someone like that um so i really liked seeing the progression of talkies um (laughs) an obscure quote that i say a lot and i i've said it to fergal before and he was probably like what is wrong with her is when it's just the way gene kelly says i love you i love you i love you i say that all the time (laughs) all the time um and it's just i love it um i also love the good morning dance um iconic there's a lot of tracking shots and a lot of like really long continuous shots yes there were cuts but it makes it seem like it was done in one take which is very very impressive and it's not easy to do um so that's one of my favorite things um i also love the make him laugh sequence donald o'connor is an incredible dancer and the fact that he can do backflips off of walls excuse me sir like how um it's amazing all right Fergal, last one, or you have an extra one for some reason. Kind of last one. Well, the thing is, but I have kind of two number fives, um, essentially because uh, I I just, I love them both and I can't pick between the both of them. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Um, So the two that I have are 1917, because that film is... Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I love 1917. Sam Mendes did such an incredible job directing the film and taking the stories that his his dad or uh, granddad told him about fighting in the war and turning them into a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that they made it obviously seem like a single shot was so incredible and so brilliantly done in a way that it told the story and you could see time changing and yeah it was incredible i also almost got to work on the film i almost did but um exams were in the way Fergal, school does not matter okay (laughs) school doesn't matter when you can be in 1917 right um so yeah that would have been cool Mm -hmm. um but then my other number five is Casablanca. Okay, I, that's my number six. That's literally my number six. <laughs> <laughs> I love Casablanca. I So I studied it... It's um, so good. I studied it in my film class um, for A-level. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I watched it, I fell in love with it. And it's it's my dad's favorite film. Um, and I absolutely adore the film. Michael Curtis did an incredible job directing it and telling the story and... There's not, like, a lot of action or anything in it. There's not really... It's essentially slated as an action kind of film, but it's it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously it's obviously it's film noir. Yeah. Um, but it's just... It's such a good film. And... Yeah. I've, I, I found it... I went into 
It's a shop we have in the UK called CEX, mm-hmm. which is Computer Exchange. And they sell a lot of stuff for cheap. And I get a lot of Blu-rays in there for cheap. I ended up getting Casablanca on Blu-ray for, I think it was 50p. Ooh. <laughs> Either that or a quid. Like, it was cheap. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, I've got to get it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I love that film. Humphrey Bogart and um, Ingrid Bergman both do an incredible job mm-hmm. portraying their characters. Especially since they hated each and... other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Here's looking but... at you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, oh, it was so incredible. And the music in it as well. Oh, yep. I absolutely love it. I listen to the soundtrack so much. Like I listen to all the songs so much because I just enjoy. I just enjoy them. It's good, yeah. But yeah, that's so. That's why they're both kind of my top five because I can't really choose between those two because I love them both. It's good, yeah. Um, well, mine, mine is a little odd. (laughs) Um, again, but that's okay. So my number five is the Truman Show. Um directed by peter weir that's a good film yeah um jim carrey laura lenny like amazing actors laura lenny obsessed with her like she's been on broadway a lot she's incredible um but i love seeing jim carrey play serious roles i know like truman's kind of like funny at times but this is more of a serious role for him and he's just an incredible actor i mean comedy is really difficult like it's a little more difficult than drama um, we learned this in theater class. The The way that Jim Carrey can do both so well is impressive. <laughs> um, I really like the religious symbols and all of that in this film. Um, one of my favorite scenes is the last one where he takes his final bow and he exits the stage. And it's it's so good. Um and I, I really like that WandaVision has taken some elephant elements. I said elephants. <laughs> some elephants of uh, some elephant. Truman Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah those famous elephants. Yeah. Those okay. famous film elephants. We love yep. them. <laughs> Anyways, um, some elements from the Truman Show into WandaVision, um, which I absolutely adore. Um, and I also love the question that it asks, like, how is this all going to end? You know, because, you know, that's a question that is really deep. Like, how is this going to end? You know, you never know. Yeah. But the Truman Show is great. I love it. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I can I can agree with you. Yeah. Like, uh, it is a really good film. So, And I also agree about seeing Jim Carrey in more serious roles. Right. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's a really good actor. Yeah. Obviously, he'll always be... A comedy actor yeah, but yeah he has proven that he can do serious roles yeah and he is just really I, I do love him he is great fergal i think we successfully recorded an episode no way we kind of no did way. no way we've had That's some incredible. hiccups we sound like idiots at times but we got there <laughs> All right, and that is the end of our top five favorite film episode or top six if you're Fergal. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next time.